listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Well, Chris, here we are back again, and guess what? This is episode number 20. Wow. A round number. That's... I can't believe we're here, honestly. Yep. It's uh, It's been a fun ride. Not that it's over, but it's been fun <laughs> so far. Hang on a second. <laughs> but by the way, uh, every 10th episode, um, I decided that they, we're going to call it a free-for-all. Actually, I was the youngest of four growing up, and free-for-alls never went well for me. <laughs> <laughs> if my brothers are listening, I do remember those times my head was uh, pushed to the ground. Does that mean pile on? Is that what you're getting yes, at? <laughs> yes, something like that. So anyway, but um, it is a fitting name. We're just going to do whatever tonight, say whatever's on our mind. No agenda, no rules, but uh, we're just going to just gonna go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do that. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I have, a, I have a question, Jay. Um, this is episode 20. Um, do you know where our stats are? Actually, I have looked at them recently. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. I think the you know the, the part that is really cool is we're having a lot of fun doing this. It really is has been. Has I been was a- actually thinking right before we punched the record button. Why is this so fun? I mean, <laughs> I, it, it, I mean, I just I've worked hard all day, and um, it's just this is just relaxing and fun. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it has been a blast. You've been a great host. Um, Thanks. You too. But uh, I'm just the co-host. <laughs> I almost had my job replaced a couple of times. Well, anyway, yeah, two. I think both are co-hosts, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll go. Okay, with that, that sounds right. good. We'll go for that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think one of the cool things is that yes, it's fun to do this. It's also encouraging that people are actually listening. Mm. There's somebody out there actually listening. Mm. And so I was looking at our stats. Uh, you know, the analytics. We can kind of see geographically where most of our downloads are coming from, and um, or, I wish there were names. That would be... We want to know who's listening, not just where they're listening from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would know which small group I don't know. Hang on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we don't want to go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, there's some very interesting cities listed uh, on our uh, analytics. So I have a question. Pick one out. What's, what's the one that stands out to you that's the most interesting or the most fun or, or even your favorite? You know, I've recently just scrolled through the list. And I could not limit to one. Oh. But um, believe it or not, we've had downloads from New York City. What? And I'm thinking of the uh, salsa commercial. <laughs> yeah. no, New it was York made City. in New York City. <laughs> so, anyway, that's cool to think about. And um not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, Yakima, Washington. I believe that's correct. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, hey, that's cool. You know, hey, New York City to Yakima, that's coast to coast. That is. Yeah. Atlantic, Pacific. And then another one gets us across the... I start to say Pacific. Let me work on my geography <laughs> across the Atlantic. And um, let's let's just, how about we go with Clichy, France? Mm, I'm going to say that's not the right pronunciation. You mean, me, you mean my southern pronunciation of Clichy, France is not correct. I, I, I'm sorry. Sad to say, I'm pretty sure that's not it. Okay. Give me your French pronunciation. Clichy. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, for those listening, you've got to know that we had no idea, but uh, Chris pulled up a pronunciation, and, and it, it kept saying it in that girl voice. So anyway, so we uh, supposedly know how to say Clichy France. Clichy. So, and I was curious. I looked it up. It's uh, actually in Paris on the Seine, mm-hmm. and so that was so very cool. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I've got a couple of favorites myself. I was um, just about to ask, Chris, what are your favorites? Yeah, so I have two um, because they just – are so glaring uh, and stand out. Um, first one is Dublin, Ireland. Sweet. Uh, and quite a few downloads. So I really would like to know if you're out there and you're listening, send us an email. <laughs> we want right. to know, know more. <laughs> I was curious what they think of our accents in other places. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then secondly, Vienna, Vienna, Austria. Wow. The sound so, of music. Right. That's cool. Right. So That's cool. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I had a few disappointments. You know, the, I've got some friends in other continents, former friends maybe, who, <laughs> <laughs> who wow. I specifically asked. Just got really cold in here. You know, <laughs> yes, it, uh, you know, the the podcast stat sheet shows the um the continents where people are listening and so there are two of our continents where we have zero downloads and I've specifically asked some former friends to uh to listen at least once so we can uh you know, have a listener on that continent. One is um South America, but I knew I was, I was in trouble when I talked to him about downloading the podcast and listening to at least one. And he said, uh, "Could you really explain what a podcast is?" And I went, "Okay." Oh, but yeah. his daughter was around, and she <laughs> explained it to him. So uh, she's there with him now. So maybe I can email her and say, "At least download one." For us. <laughs> and then so, uh, Africa, <laughs> three or four friends, and uh, no downloads there yet. Oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah, so we're really just looking for the content just to light up. You just want to see it on the analytics just to show up, and that's really it. Yep. <laughs> that would be so cool. You know, next uh, topic in our free-for-all is, um, you know, in just four days from now, we are going to occupy a new building here at Brook Hills, and Woo-hoo! that's something that's really, really exciting. I told somebody in an email today, it's just gorgeous. Come by and um, let me show it to you sometime. But, um, you know, we've really expanded the lobby. Uh, one of the real impressive things to me is there's some vertically mounted TVs right, right outside of our children's ministry entrance, our kids' ministry and it just looks so cool. And then uh, this is a Wednesday night. Sometimes we we record on Wednesday night late after uh, some events have gone on. And uh, I was wandering around the lobby. We've got a place called Group Central where we'll help people find groups. And um, our communications team, Chris Kinsley, had put together some slides. And, and so I just stopped. I, I saw them going. I went, wow, that's cool. You know, and, and so watching our small groups logo come in and spin around, I was just um, – Standing there, and I'm sure I looked like I was mesmerized to other people. And I actually tried to type in the word mesmerize in our show notes and uh, actually had a challenge there. Chris, can you spell mesmerized? M-E-S-M-E-R-I-Z-E-R-E-D. Yeah. Show off. <laughs> you probably won a fourth grade spelling bee. I just bee. read our show notes. <laughs> you cheated. You cheated. Oh, man. And we got a number of new small group rooms we used to – meet in some modular buildings outside. And so um, anyway, we've we've come up in the world a little bit. It's exciting to uh, have 33 new or renovated rooms. We're occupying some space that the children's ministry used to occupy. And some of those rooms being used three times on Sunday morning and actually Wednesday night, uh, pretty much all of our adult rooms are are full. We have a lot, lot of small groups that meet on Wednesday nights. As I mentioned, the lobby's huge. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to say that I was telling somebody about our building one time, and I said, one of my really favorite parts are the new water fountains. 
<laughs> have you seen those yet? <laughs> I have. Yeah, they're really cool. Yes, and what's really cool about them is it's a, a little bit taller, and you can hold your empty water bottle or um, what are those things called? Uh, um, oh, like your uh, like your Yeti. Yeah, your Yeti and hydro flask. Uh, you can hold those in there, and there's like a motion sensor, and it just starts filling them up from the top. If you hold that under there, I just think that's so cool. That is pretty cool. It keeps count, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you know how many water bottles have been there you filled? Go. There you go. Um, I don't think you can talk to it like through Alexa, no. <laughs> like, no. you know, that ridiculous Delta commercial. But Yes, yes. Um, hey, just a quick comment. You know, uh, not sure anybody knows this that's been listening to the podcast, but uh, Chris Kinsley. That's the voice you hear on our intro. Yes. And our exit. Thank so, you, Chris. Yeah. I don't know if we ever gave him props for that, but man. Thank yes. You. So. Yep. He's awesome. Um the building, we also have a, an area we're calling the commons. We've got some high-top tables, some regular-sized tables, some seating areas. There is even some outdoor seating. That's cool. And that I think we're going to really enjoy in the spring and fall, which are my favorite two seasons, not necessarily summer or winter. <laughs> so that's going to be really, really awesome. And to just to be honest with you, we're laughing. We're uh, – our, uh, the lights our just new went out. rooms, we're recording in one of our education spaces, and the lights just went out, even though we're sitting in here. They're on a motion detector and a timer, so uh, if you can picture us sitting here talking, and the lights go out, and I'm waving my arms above my head to try to catch the motion sensor. Well, it was just the, the way you were trying to deliver uh, eloquently how excited you were about the seating outside, yes. and the lights go out, and you're just lit up by your screen. I'm just yes. going... You're about to drop this. <laughs> yes, uh, I tried to not drop it. Uh, that was but, funny. Um, I, I'm really excited about the just the amount of ample seating space as well. I know it sounds silly to say that, but because um, there's there really is a lot of places that people can just go and just talk and just mm. uh, have conversations, and that's in our in our old configuration, it was hard to do. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't a a single place that didn't have a lot of traffic, um, and now we have ample places to go yeah. and just sit. Chris, that really fits into small group ministry a good Absolutely. bit because, um, you know, I've mentioned before one of my favorite passages on small groups is um, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It talks about encouraging one another and building one another up. And so often those things can happen during a lecture, but that's not often as powerful as just one individual believer to another just offering that encouragement. And so so often that's going to happen over a cup of coffee or sitting somewhere chatting together, just being encouraging. And so it's um, it's exciting to have some space that uh, is really inviting for that type of thing to happen. Yeah, um, I mentioned earlier our kids' ministry space, uh, two large group rooms. Wow, Chris, I didn't even mention this to you earlier, but did you know we had a slinky room? I did. I saw <laughs> okay. that. I, okay, I thought they were, at first it was just painted on the wall. And then uh, John Tice, our, our children's pastor here, he walked me up to me. I was like, you can touch it. I said, that's amazing. Wow. They're and huge. For those that don't know, it's really a stage backdrop, but they're uh, slinkies that are hanging from the ceiling, very long slinkies that you shine a black light on and they do interesting things. And so anyway, it's just a really cool, cool room. Uh, of course, we've got a drop-off canopy out outdoors where, if, you know, when it's raining, you can drop uh, like four or five cars at a time, can drop somebody off, so that's cool. But um, anyway, it's uh, it's really exciting. So um, we're um, we're happy to be moving into that. And, you know, outside our children's ministry area, 
Um, I think one of the colors got omitted, and so um, here in Alabama, it's either Alabama or Auburn. And um, <laughs> here we go. You know, Chris admitted. You know, first time he saw it was it. Oh, it was Wendy, your wife, that mentioned it. Was yes, Wendy Love said, you, "Sweetheart," <laughs> said something about <laughs> Auburn colors. And uh, Chris and I were talking about this earlier, and he said, "Yeah, everybody notices that." But um, you know, I it doesn't actually, bother me at all. Yeah, I'm fine oh, with it. Yeah. Are you an Auburn fan? Yeah, I, I am. Oh, okay. Well, it was nice. You guys tuning in to that? No, <laughs> the lights just went out again. Yeah, they sure did. But uh, so anyway, I, I took a picture and photoshopped two Alabama logos onto the wall and and sent that to a few Bama friends to say, hey, you know, I know some of you were disappointed, but we've we've kind of um, you know done some work on it, and now we think everybody will be happy. So <laughs> the com- one comment I got was, well, the Alabama logos aren't large enough. We need to make of this larger. Of course. So. <laughs> and again, for those that are worried, those were photoshopped on a picture. We didn't actually paint no. any school logos. <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> yeah, moving right along. But, um, you know, I was thinking we do need to have some um, serious group content today. So I've got a couple of places where we're going to fit that in. And, you know, since this is a free-for-all Day, we're just going to share some things that we've um, been thinking about, uh, you know, dwelling on, uh, whatever. And I just want to want to remind you again: um, let's teach for change, not for head knowledge. And I really thought about that because um, the group I'm leading, we're going through the Book of Acts, and I noticed, you know, as I'm studying deeply, learning, and you know, you guys that are small group leaders know how fun it is to really learn some of the details of the Bible, some of the things you didn't know before when you look into a commentary and see some of the background. And so we can get excited about that and be really interested to um, uh, teach some of those things. But I just want to encourage you, we're we're all about, we need to be about life transformation, not necessarily about knowledge. And so I just want to encourage you, particularly if you're doing a book of the Bible study, be careful about being sucked into that and and just teaching for head knowledge only. Yeah, so I have a question on this topic. Um, I, we're, my group is about to approach Isaiah for the first time and study it, uh, do a thorough study. I've never studied through Isaiah uh, in this way. Um, what are some, I don't want to say pitfalls to avoid, but following along this premise, like what, what suggestions or what advice would you give us? Yeah, the main thing I was thinking is um, make sure that whenever we study a passage of Scripture that we're we do include, okay, what are some steps we can take to be more like Christ in whatever we do? And knowledge is important because it's the foundation of what we get, you know, the application or life change from. But sometimes we can be guilty of just teaching for knowledge and hoping that somebody does something with it when we really need to make sure that we're thinking through, praying through, okay, God, what is there in this scripture that that I can challenge my group with? And so let's make sure, let's do teach knowledge, uh, teach some of the neat things about scripture, and definitely dig in and break it down. But let's also pull some life change. Our senior pastor does a great job of that so often at the end of a sermon, and he 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 will each week just say, so Brook Hills, what does this mean for us? And and give us some application points. And I think we should model that in our um, in our small groups as well. All right. Um, another thought. You know, I was I was teaching a group a couple of weeks ago, and and I was just thinking, you know, it, it kind of randomly came across my mind to challenge them and say, 
how mature does Christ expect us to be? Because if as we look around us, we so we see so many people who seem to be just maybe a consumer. I've heard that word used by ministers that, mm-hmm. that there are a lot of consumer Christians in the United States, and we come get our Sunday fix, and then we're good till next Sunday, you know. But um, how mature does Christ expect us to be? I thought about asking you, Chris, but is there a good answer for that? How mature Christ would expect us to be? Uh, if there is, it would have to be Scripture. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, I've been um, that's been on my mind the last couple of years, and I've been um, jotting down some scriptures every time I come across one that talks about how mature. God expects us to be. Let me share a few with a few of those with you. John fifteen eight says, "The Father is glorified by us bearing much fruit." Mm-hmm. John four eleven through thirteen talks about um, us equipping the saints until we all attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's 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 big. That's the daunting. whole measure of the that's fullness daunting. of Christ. <laughs> Ephesians four fifteen that we grow up in every way into him who is the head. Every way, Chris. Mm. That's that's amazing. Colossians 1.28 talks about us teaching, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Mm. John 14.12, this one, I can't even wrap my arms around this one. Um, it says, Christ says, anyone who believes in me will do the same work I have done. Wow. I mean, whatever what Christ did, that's what he's calling us to. Uh, yeah. Not the dying on the cross part. But <laughs> well, but it's the simple anyone who believes in me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, anyone. Uh 1 Corinthians 11:1, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. Bottom line, we as believers can't call somebody to do that if we're not following him faithfully. Mm-hmm. And finally Philippians 3:17, similar verse, pattern your lives after mine. That's yeah. maturity. We we can't call somebody to pattern pattern their lives after ours if we're not walking it. So that's feel, the end of that sermon. But. I feel kind of lazy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'm uh, I'm convicted by that as well every day. And you know we all fall short, uh, but it's uh, it's good to remind us of that goal. And let's let's never be totally content. If that makes sense, we've got to. We've got to be at peace, you know, mm-hmm. with our relationship with Christ, but um, don't get too comfortable. Grace is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is. So today uh, we decided not to talk about the election. What election? I just totally shifted, <laughs> and there was a terrible segue. That was, uh, yeah. As I saw that coming, I know it was going to be a hard segue. Right, but yeah. It really was no way. How do you, how do you go from Philippians 3.17, patting your lives after mine? To talking about a, a U.S. presidential election, yes, there's the that's the I think the antithesis of patterning our lives after Christ. All right, carrying on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, just remember, you know, whether it happened uh, as we say that we're getting the lights to turn on again. You know, we're learning a lesson where not to record or whatever. We need to right? bring a lamp or something into the room. But um, just want a regular. You know, whether last election, this election, or the next election, whether your side won or lost, just remember Jesus is still on the throne, sitting at the right hand of God, and we need to uh, to trust Him and have our faith in Him, not in government. Yeah, I love what our senior pastor, uh, Pastor Matt, said uh, this past Sunday. Um, he uh, he spoke through Psalm ninety three uh, and the Lord being sovereign and reigning over all. 
Um, and he just had three quick points uh, to remind us, uh, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. Um, number one, the Lord reigns. Uh, he is sovereign over all. He conquers all through love. Uh, number two, the mission remains. Um, as believers, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, that's, that's, that's our mission, regardless mm. of what happens in our society. Uh, and number three, unity matters. And I think this is the most pivotal piece um, that a lot of us forget is how important it is for us to love one another, mm-hmm. uh, to not label one another based on how someone votes or what they believe in or um, what side of the fence they're on. Regardless, um, mm. we're called to love. Yes. You know, I kept thinking, Chris, as um, the election was coming, um, that we missed an opportunity to do a podcast on on politics. And, um, you know, not that we would get into one side or the other, but the thing I really wanted to communicate with people is – Sometimes our political stances review or reveal who we're really trusting in. Mm-hmm. Okay, bottom line, we do not need to trust in our government. We need to trust in God, and our Christian lives should reflect that. And so, you know, I just want to encourage those of us in small group life, be really careful how you allow p- political conversations to go and be careful what you say. Uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I was joking earlier. Uh, Chris, the election's really not over yet, supposedly. You know, some people think. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, we, we think it will be uh, very soon. But, you know, let's be careful. And the, the thing I want to say is um, somebody coming to faith in Christ is more important than us, you know, trying to convince somebody to vote one way or the other. And so, you know, that's one reason I think the the church needs to be very careful about political stances um, and also, you know, I, I think God uses those things in ways that we haven't figured out. You know, I could quote a number of scriptures that talk about God's wisdom being higher than our wisdom, mm-hmm. you know. And so we don't have it all figured out, and we don't have all the the motives and, and plans of God figured out. And so um, let's, uh, let's keep his plan first. Amen. You know, one other thing, Chris, I've been thinking related to small group leadership. Uh, a few podcasts ago, we did a uh, an episode called Making the Most of Your Time. And the reason I did that was at Brook Hills, we've added a service, added a worship gathering on Sunday morning due to the coronavirus and just social distancing and everything. And it really allows us less time for every session. We're in three sessions of worship and three sessions of small group ministry on Sunday morning. And so... I thought of a, an additional tip I could have added to that podcast. Um, as I was having the opportunity to prepare, uh, my group is going through Acts, and one of the things I realized is that, like we talked previously, coming up with a challenge is very important, and we, we've even mentioned a little bit of that in the, this podcast, but we need to let the things that we teach and do and the discussions and the questions we ask lead toward that challenge. And as I was as I was preparing the lesson, realizing I would have short a shorter amount of time, I pulled out some of the content that didn't necessarily fit best with the challenge, and I put it in a section at the end of my notes and called it optional at the end. And that way, I I would make sure I didn't get bogged down, and I could get to the challenge. But also, if I miraculously had more time <laughs> than I needed. I could uh, I could fit some of those things in, and so anyway, I just thought that might be something that you do. Um, I remember my first class in seminary was a 
a class on on teaching, and it was uh, I don't remember the name of the book we were using or anything, but it was a uh, it was kind of a simple paperback book, and I remember one picture that it had, and it had a picture of. Um, a corral with some horses in it, hmm. and there were some horses standing outside. And the the idea was, hey, some of the things that you might be tempted to teach don't necessarily need to be in the corral of what you're going to use. For instance, um, it's nothing for me to study three or four hours for teaching a 30-minute lesson. And so we as leaders sometimes, we're tempted to teach everything we've studied but don't do that, okay? <laughs> um, leave some things out and leave the things in the corral that are going to head toward what your challenge is going to be. So anyway, just wanted to give you those tips. Put put some content at the end toward, uh, you know, just optional if you have time, and that way you, you do have time to do the challenge. Well, Jay, on another topic, um, I got this really interesting email this week. Mm, any idea what that there. was all about? Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? <laughs> yes, I was sitting in staff meeting, and my assistant in the row in front of me turned around and said, are you seeing this? But what happens is we have a group finder system on our web, and somebody can log on and look at our small groups and click a button that says contact leader. And so there was a gentleman somewhere out there, and I never – I tried to Google but didn't find out who he was, that uh, had some new insights on the book of Revelation, apparently. Oh. And wanted to share that with Lots everyone. Lots of insight. And so, <laughs> yes. The way our website is built, you really can't spam all of our leaders at once. So this guy was going into every group page on our website and cutting and pasting content and getting through the gotcha uh, device mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sending that individually. As I as I looked later after staff, I got out of staff meeting, there was one coming through every one to three minutes. So um, I emailed the guy and said, hey, uh, excuse me, but what you're doing really is an abuse of the intent of our group finder. Please stop. Which I'm sure he responded, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They kept kept coming in. (laughs) So I actually shut down our group finder system for about an hour. And so for those of you out there that were looking to find a small group at Brook Hills and thought, this church has no adult small groups. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry that you couldn't find any for that hour, but um, the... uh, you know, it worked. He he got tired and left and went on to probably some other church mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, let them know about his new insights. But uh, what I wanted to let our small group leaders know was the way our system works. Uh, this gentleman or no others have your email. You don't have to worry about future emails from him unless he does the same thing, which takes him an incredible amount of time to go through and individually contact each group leader. It's impressive but, uh, the amount of effort that yes, was put into the amount that of effort for is interesting. Probably no return. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, hey, go get a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, this has been fun. Episode 20 in the books. Uh, I still can't believe we're 20 episodes in. Uh, so really exciting. We can't wait to see what we're going to do next. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, Visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.